captain of Ingog. Akiva's faces his job in GOG with Keeve and Ellie and Zooey. Hey fam, welcome back to New Girl, Old Guy for season three, episode 20 of New Girl, Mars Landing. I am neither the new girl nor the old guy. My name is Ali Lasher, and I am here with the titular old guy, Akiva Winokur. I That's don't know me. what to say. Still, That's after me. all these years. After, is there a song after all these years? We could write one. Should we pivot? Mm-hmm. Yes, let's pivot to be a songwriting podcast. <laughs> after all these years, lyrics. Let's okay. see what comes up. Journey. Ooh, we, we, I bet that's like a famous song. How do you? No th- I'll, I'll tell you. I, I will tell you. I'll tell you the lyrics, and you have to come up with the song. Okay. Say that again. I'm gonna. I'm gonna like tell you the chorus, and you're. And you gonna, want me to sing it? Yeah, and I'm proud of all the blessings you have given me, the mountains we have climbed to get this far. You've learned to take the laughter with the tears after all these years. This is one of the worst ideas you've ever had. <laughs> I'm proud of all the blessings you have given this me. This feels relig- vaguely religious. Uh, yeah, then it's, yeah, it, it does seem like a religious song. A faded wedding photograph. Journey. I mean, they, they, they don't stop believing. They're pretty good. <laughs> Hot take. Journey, pretty good. I mean, they have, are they a one-hit wonder? What's, their, what's the second most favorite Journey song? I'm sure there's like 20, right? All right. Um... This episode anyway of Mars want. Landing. Anyway you want it. That, that, you know that song. That's, that's one of Oh, Kiwi with the singing. And um, Wheel in the Sky. The wheel in the sky keeps on turning. Big wheel keep on turning. Turn when you think classic turn. rock, like when, when does that end in your mind? I never think classic rock. I'll tell you that <laughs> for free. Not, it's not something <laughs> you think about? I never catch myself thinking about classic rock. What what music did your parents listen to growing up? My dad really cared about music. My dad was a huge uh, a, a jack of all music trades. Did he like actually Metallica? sang he sang bass in a high school band that had one performance, Cool mm-hmm. Cat and the Daddios, and his oh. best friend had a sequin vest that his mom made that said Cool Cat, and my dad appropriately. <laughs> Was, was one, one of the daddios. Of the daddios. Awesome. Incredible. And he, so he had a really good singing voice, and obviously I did not inherit it just based on the money. Many bars people have heard me hum on this podcast, and mm-hmm. just my regular voice does not yeah. sound like it'd be good put to music. Mm-hmm. But he, he was a big, my mom called it ween, but classical music fan. He really enjoyed opera, and he was a huge The Who fan, Frank Zappa. Like He like had a really eclectic, weird music taste. Did you ever like, get dragged? To the opera as a kid? No. But my dad okay. would watch, like, DVDs of operas. Or he'd sing it. He was a musical theater guy. I he guess he didn't care what of, people uh, think, because I feel like most of the s- stuff you say about him sounds cool. But to me, opera is, like, the least cool thing. But maybe... Yeah, my mom called it ween. Turn this ween off. That's what yeah, <laughs> would no, be a opera. regular conversation. I don't think there's still opera. I think opera's over. Opera's not over. Opera's dead. Opera's not dead. I, I Northwestern Opera wasn't dead. I knew people who majored in vocal performance and like opera. They majored in opera? Or vocal performance. I don't know what it was called, but I know people who were singing opera in college. If like 
I mean, I, I like I, I want all student loans to be canceled, but if I was like the person canceling <laughs> them and there was like someone who had like two hundred twenty five thousand dollars in debt from Northwestern to major in opera, I'd be like, wait, no, everyone but you. You actually have to pay twenty percent interest every month. You're a jerk. I mean, it's not a bad take, but it is rude. Um, speaking of rude, mm-hmm. let's talk about this episode because I don't think you saw um, the subject of this episode coming based Mm-mm. on the title. Mm-mm. It aired originally March 25th, 2014, so a couple weeks after our last episode we talked about, which aired March 11th. Um, so we're not the only ones who take weeks off, you know? We're just like our our source material. Should we uh, air Keith, reruns like, like shows do when we're not there that week? Yeah, right. I want to, uh, nobody's asking for that. I want to know from you, I want to hear mm-hmm. the digest, but I also would like to know when you saw the breakup coming, when during this episode did you didn't. did you feel like that's where it was going? I was stunned when the episode ended. I, wow. I didn't see it coming. I, I think I said, I, I think I told you like a few months ago that I didn't think they were going to break up, that they were in it to win it. Yeah, I thought that was, uh, I mean, granted, I have the benefit of knowing what happens. I do think it's tough for a sitcom uh, to keep a couple going from season three to season seven, or season two, end of season two it's, through it's season seven. It's the Jim and seven. Pam problem, right? I, right, I was going to say. Like, when did Jim and Pam get together? I mean, they had nine seasons. Yeah, I mean, when did they kiss? At the end of season two, maybe? I don't know. Don't yeah, but they're unlike Nick and... I mean, Nick and Jess have some distance between when they kiss and when they try to make it work for real. But Mm -hmm. Jim and Pam had a whole, like, wedding called off. Maybe I'm getting back together with Roy. Jim's got another girlfriend. Yeah, the show also wasn't set in their house, so things moved slower. Whereas here, the show's set in their house. They need to, like, establish every episode, like, how, how much their relationship is moving, you know? Yeah, so so we're, you know, who knows? I mean, I'm gonna hear your the end of your prediction, I guess. Or I'll, let's hear it now. You think they get back together? You think I this is it for do. them? I do. I do think that they get back together. Do you think they're gonna end up together, or do you think they're gonna get back together, have another breakup, find other people? Like, well, what I what do you thought, project? I had a thought, and maybe like once I ever once I saw it, and it was like spoiled for me. I really don't think so. When he said, "Oh, you have to name your son Reginald Vell Johnson." It was a person I think about a lot, Reginald L. Johnson. <laughs> I think like I actually they ever knew that. A, I don't know why. <laughs> if they ever have a baby, well, I love Family Matters. He's also in Perfect Strangers. Um, if they ever have a baby, it would be hilarious. Like I hope they name it Reginald L. Johnson. He hasn't. Has he appeared on the show, Reginald? Maybe is that why we talked about him? He's not been a new girl. No, I just feel like you've talked about Family Matters on Renap, so I feel like you've discussed. Yeah. Reginald L. Johnson, but I, I, I think. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, because, and I think you just made a good point about this being in their house, like, it's not like Chevrang and Cece or Elizabeth and Schmidt, where, like, you can have an ex, or Caroline, who's, like, outside of the core. Because they're both core, like, this could pay off. Nick could have a kid with somebody else, and yep. the Reginald thing could happen, and Jess could be stung by that. You know, who knows? Yep. Like, um, there, there could be a payoff to that that doesn't involve Jess and Nick having a kid. No, uh, I didn't think about that, but yeah, that is definitely true. But again, I was shocked. I was not expecting them to break up right now, ever, but certainly not in a non-season finale or whatever. So, All right, so take us uh, through the digest. We'll get back on track here. Yeah, pretty quickly, Jess and Nick have, uh, have uh, you know, come to Hashem moment. <laughs> and um, 
about their future. Meanwhile, uh, Coach and uh, Winston and Schmidt uh, are competing for their new uh, hot neighbors' attention uh, in the building. And Cece has like a D storyline with the guy from last episode. Yeah, I mean, that's generous. Um, all right, so let's get into it. There's a lot of interesting mirrors between the night that Jess and Nick first kissed and the night that they break up. And that first starts with True American because, as you'll recall, the whole impetus to them kissing is that they're behind the Iron Curtain and Nick says, not like this, and climbs out the window to get away from kissing her. Uh, and then ends up kissing her in the hallway on his terms. So it opens with True American. And that's why I'm sort of asking, when did you see it coming? Because there are all of these like little Easter eggs, but not so much that somebody would like be like, oh, obviously if there's True American, they're going to break up. Uh, but we have a question from Lance. What age is too old for playing drinking games, Keith? You're the one to ask. You know, it was interesting. At work, um, there was uh, a lot of beer pong being played on at like uh, at a work party at night, and the guy leading the um, the beer pong game had gone to a Big Ten school, whereas everybody else, you know, basically grew up in the Middle East and didn't have the same college experience. Which occurred to me, like, while there's certainly a drinking culture, they don't maybe have like beer related or drinking related games. In a, in a country that's less college-centric, you know? Probably every country other than the U.S. and maybe, like, the U.K. or something. I don't know. But it's, like, fratty-type college stuff. I, I have no idea, but... Um, so how old is too old? Um, I'd say 40. When you turn 40, that's it. You're retired from... I don't know. You could always do drinking <laughs> games. Yeah. Uh, it's like, did I ever tell the story about how I got in trouble for playing beer pong in law school? No. Okay. Well... Sorry for another day, maybe. But I ended up having to take a meeting with, like, the head. Because I lived in basically, like, a law school dorm. And apparently that was, like, against the rules. And I mm -hmm. had, like, a meeting. And I was, like, I wasn't in trouble. I was just, like, oh, sorry. Like, didn't think at 20-whatever I was, like, well past the drinking age, I had to even be concerned about doing anything related to this in a private residence. Like, I wasn't on the street like that. Whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and... The person was like, uh, I just am shocked that an adult would be playing drinking games. Like, she, like, made a judgment call about the drinking games. And I was like, well, let me just stop you right there and say that uh, I'm happy to take my consequences for violating rules. What I will not take is judgment for playing beer pong. Yeah. Because I'm from Jersey, and I'll be 70 years old, and I'll be bouncing things into the cup. Yeah, so, and also, you weren't, like, 62 years old uh, when you were playing beer pong. You were, like, 26. I'm just so surprised that a law student, like, law, like drinking games are inconsistent with law student life or yeah. something like that. And um, what, what should be highlighted here, but I didn't want to take it down uh, with me, is... I was playing beer pong because I was practicing for the unsanctioned, unofficial, uh, but very well-known law school beer tournament. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like pretty hilarious yeah. to get scolded and shamed for that. That is funny. Um, wow, my mom just texted me that this is the 47th anniversary of her first date with my dad. That's beautiful. I certainly do not know the day of the date. <laughs> And they went to perfectly timing uh, time to talk about my dad's eclectic taste. They went to the Bolshoi Ballet. 
Is that that's not that's just dancing. It's not the opera, right? Right, but it was his idea. He had the tickets, and my mom reluctantly went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she probably didn't. Uh, I'm not gonna say. She probably didn't what? No, she probably didn't realize it was a date because he's like, "Let's go to the ballet." Like, no, right. she knew. That's okay. why she was begrudging. Anyway, all right. So always, it, true American always makes me laugh. Obviously, the rules don't make any sense, but it is funny to hear yeah. the like historical references get screamed. Richard Nixon. You've got the. He's got the plague. Scatter, scatter. <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, very. This, this is the third time we're seeing True American overall. I think that sounds right. But the shortest, which is fine. Like we've gotten the point now. They can just kind of use it. They could trot it out when they need to trot it out. Mm-hmm. And and they only needed to trot it out because they needed. They wanted Jess and Nick to be hungover, right, to set up this whole thing. Yes. It was like, what's uh, the funnest way, most fun way we could get them drunk? Oh, True American. Here it is. So Jess gets a call from Sadie, and it's really not like Jess to have forgotten about this, but the no. hangover is kind of a good excuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do we know that Jess is the godmother? We don't, but Laura also pulls out, uh, brings up an inconsistency here that I'm going to lay on you, so stay with us. It's long. I'm ready. Okay, this has always bothered me, and I'm probably overthinking this, but this question feels right for this podcast vibe of going into things in detail unnecessarily sometimes. Generous for Laura to say. Sometimes we appreciate it. Jess and Nick start dating at Cece's wedding, which is both season two finale and season three, episode one. No time passes but in between. So they're either starting to date in the spring of that year or it's considered closer to September of that year. Okay. They date, then there's a Thanksgiving episode, a few more episodes, then the sister arc, which lasts about a month of time. Then they break up one episode later. But June Diane Raphael's character is basically about to give birth at Cece's wedding, and then Jess and Nick break up at apparently the child's first birthday. I'm sorry, but a year of time has not passed in the New Girl universe for it to be one year later. It just hasn't, and that's always bothered me. I think it's more likely Cece got married in the fall, and Jess and Nick break up. Uh, uh, sorry, got not married in the fall, and Jess and Nick break up spring of the following year. It's like tops a nine-month relationship. Putting aside this ridiculously long question, does anyone else agree? No, I love I love that the t- the Talmudic detail there. <laughs> um, I think that's great. I, yeah, I, obviously it's not something I would have thought of. I don't know. We saw her pregnant, right? We saw JDR pregnant. Uh, her wife episode. was pregnant. Her I think. wife was pregnant. Okay. Hmm. Do we know who the other godmother is? It's not like Cece, right? The, is is Judy I, I like that you assume and- there are two godmothers. There could just be Jess. Is are June Di- Diane Raphael and Cece friends? Like who's yes. the who's the friend there? They're friends because remember Cece goes to her also to talk about her eggs and her fertility. Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't. And we, we know where she, they know each other from, or no? We don't know. Um, I mean, newgirlfandom.com says that she's a close friend of Jess's, but mm-hmm. oh, here they say Sadie was nine months pregnant with their first child. Oh, so Sadie was pregnant. Yeah, she was pregnant. In I'm episode. sorry, my my mistake. I'm thinking of when her wife was drunk because she was drinking for two because yeah, Sadie yeah, couldn't yeah, drink. Yeah. That was my mistake. So Sadie was nine months pregnant with their first child in spring 2013 because Sadie's super pregnant at Cece's bachelorette party, which does indicate that Cece's, Sadie's good enough friends to go to Cece's bachelorette party. Um, in season three, she shows her child's thir- first birthday party. So... Spring 2013, according to NewGirlFandom.com, if that's when Cece was getting married, I think the discrepancy is that Laura puts 
Laura thinks that the wedding was closer to September of that year because the Thanksgiving episode comes up quickly after. I just but, had a thought. Yeah. Do you know Laura? No, I don't. I, I might. I don't. Just Laura's first. Do you name. think it could be Laura Bush? <laughs> no, I don't think it could be Laura. That would, Bush. How crazy would that be if like one of our main writers inners and like someone who's asking like a very detailed question was Laura Bush? I think if you were going to be a celebrity writing into a, a, you could just you'd make up a name. No, you, because Laura's such a general name. <laughs> like you don't have to fake it, but like Laura, like has she ever written in like my husband can't stop painting? It would so, probably like, be better if it was like Laura Bush, because then we'd be like, well, it would never be Laura Bush. And if you were Laura Bush, you wouldn't write Laura Bush. So you mean she should write that she is Laura Bush? Yeah, that's what like when celebrities use alias, like an alias at a hotel, mm-hmm. they should really just like use their real name. Because who would think that Mick Jagger would use Mick Jagger at a hotel? Do you think Laura Bush has ever played beer pong? Yes, definitely. I, I think she invented the game. You think she invented <laughs> beer pong? Well, let me control F for Wiki page. She, she went to SMU. I feel like lots of partying there. And, and UT for her master's. So I, I would say for sure. As long as it was invented in the 70s, she, you know, she played it. All right. So, Laura, apparently, according to NewGirlFandom.com, uh, mm-hmm. This is right on schedule for the one-year birthday. Um, We're going to call Laura I, the first lady of the podcast. Right I think on. it is more likely that um, that they speed up time between Chevrang and CeCe's failed wedding and Thanksgiving than the fact that they just, like, botched this detail. But yeah. who knows? No, I don't think they spent any amount of time at all figuring this out no i think they did but i'm just saying like just we know we know just from what you said about a month passing between um for the sister arc the three episodes of sister it's like they make it up so just because two weeks later thanksgiving episode happens we're supposed to believe that that amount of time passed between the two episodes right but but putting things like thanksgiving or a christmas episode in there does sort of like mark the passage of time in a more specific way it does, but I don't think it just because two weeks go by and it's Thanksgiving. I agree. It's not doesn't mean that it's real time, right? Yes, it's not twenty four. This show. I did love. All right, so we we have been tracking how people act drunk, but I do think, I don't think our good friend Zooey, who's a very talented actress, gave her best performance of a hungover person. Although I did like, hi Nick, it's me Jess. We have to go. To, I have bad news. We have to go to a one year old's birthday party. Truly one of the worst news you can hear. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting because I've been thinking about this lately. I just turned 31. My birthday was last week. And I am really in that meaty part of the curve of, like, half of my friends have, you know, because I'm friends with people older than me, younger than me, people my age. Half of mm-hmm. them have babies. And COVID has really amplified the life differences, right? Because people have to be hyper-concerned with their babies and daycare and, like, testing and whatever and then half of my friends are like in vegas for dua lipa like you know it's just like there is such a range right now and i feel Mm -hmm. like for you that range was probably what between like 16 and 21 (laughs) well i was thinking about the other day i was thinking about like which of my friends have kids in high school already (laughs) that's like more and then i realized like oh yeah even the ones who didn't get married as early as i do like if you got married a year later like you could still have a kid in high school and then I realized, yeah, it was like the range. I, I thought I, I was thinking of a friend recently who, in my mind, was like was single forever. 
like in our modern artifacts world like <laughs> never ever got married like oh my god and there was like a friend group and it was a bunch of people who like didn't get married till they were 35 and this person got married when i think she was 27 and that was like <laughs> but in my in my head it was like a hun you know it was like a hundred it might have even been 26 <laughs> that's awful so but it's all about your perspective so yeah but i think that yeah i think that range when it, half my friends were married was 22 but it's funny because um, uh, when I talk to someone who has friends who are, got married at 27, I'm like, oh, my God, your friends got married as babies. <laughs> I'm like, you're a literal infant when you got married and they were like 26. Mm -hmm. You said I have a friend who got married at 20. Well, no, you were a literal infant when you got married. But I mean, like to sure. me, it's still like young there's to get a, married at 26. There's a picture of me. I think I tweeted it once and my dad got mad. There's a picture of me. Um, that like I because I used to have hair. I don't know if you know this. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. um, my voice is so gone. I can't even hit a Yosef. Can't even do the, Yo can't even do the <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I it, there's 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 a picture of me where I am so young, um, and I have Ella, like I'm in a bed with Ella, uh, as like a dad, and it is as a uh, dad. As opposed to a good like, friend, <laughs> I, no, like no, I'm saying like I'm I'm like a parent, but I look like a baby, um, and it's very you, striking. Well, you were a baby, but also you crushed it, like you know. That if you know when you know you know if it works it works. All right, let's get back to business here. Mm -hmm. um, here is a big question from Lance. So the huge fight that starts with Jess and Nick is because Jess had asked Nick to put together this extremely complicated children's toy for a one-year-old before the party two weeks earlier. Lance says, is assembly required for a gift for a child that is not yours? Is assembly required for a gift for a child? No, I don't think so. I, I take issue. I, I can understand that in an early relationship, Things can happen that lead to conversations about the future when you didn't intend to have them. But mm -hmm. I do not think that you'd have a hungover emotional breakdown because if Nick didn't put together a child's gift, then flash forward to Christmas where Nick is disappointing their own kids. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a little insane. But what's most insane to me is that they want to bring an assembled gift. I completely agree with what Nick says later, which is like, maybe they want to return it. Maybe they want to put it together as a family. Maybe they have like, why are you opening the gift and assembling it and bringing it assembled to take up space in their home? Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. I don't know. I'd never thought about like assembling a gift in somebody's house. So, um, all right. Well, no one need to think about it now. We could keep moving. Um, uh, but they have this whole conversation about the future and Keith, your perspective on this is interesting, right? Because I think that dating with an eye on the future is much more baked into dating in general in your community. Is that fair to say? Yes. I just sent you a, uh, a picture of the tweet. I finally found it. Okay. That's why you weren't paying attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> When you say you send it to me on what media, I don't have notifications uh, for things. Um, I okay, sent it to you via. 
Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Throwback Thursday to when this idiot thought it was a smart idea to have a baby while in college. I don't know well, why don't I shouldn't have said the idiot. I know. Yeah, you, you don't regret it. Luckily, I didn't have a lot of flowers. But you see, you see who has a, the only person who commented. Wait, hold on. I'm looking at this picture. Oh my god, that was so cute. I mean, to describe this to the listeners, you look largely the same, but you have hair. But you also kind of look a little avish. I look avish. Okay. <laughs> you look like if you and Av had a son. Well, I was also I was also like seventy pounds thinner <laughs> than I am now. Wait, the best part about that tweet was, and it's deleted now, but I remember it. Yeah, uh, I only see your own response. And then my father, you don't see my father's? My father responded too. Your, is this, oh, Louis Wieneker in all caps. It was and remains a smart idea. That's cute. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, someone said it's Wednesday. I didn't know. I wrote the Robeck Thursday. Uh, I did not realize <laughs> it was Wednesday. So I said, that's like the 10th time I've done that today. Long week. All right, let's get back to uh, the show. Although that was a funny picture for you to share. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so okay. As I was saying, you, you know, you probably had these conversations, or or is it such that it's so implied that if you're dating, you're dating with an eye towards marriage and kids in your community that you don't even need to have the conversation? Because Chloe G says, when is it appropriate in a relationship to discuss children? To discuss having children. Or to, you're acting like you didn't watch this episode. Like, that we're talking about the conversation just Yeah, no, no, you're right, you're right. I, I wasn't thinking about, like... Um, <laughs> I wasn't thinking about recapping an episode I guess, of like, television. Early, it's tricky, because I think that's, like, why a lot of people break up, especially nowadays. There's, like, a lot of people who maybe don't want to have kids, which wasn't really as much... It certainly existed, but it wasn't as much of a thing, maybe, you know, in our parents' generation. Right. So... Uh, I think, like, if you are dead, if you have, like, a hot take, like, I'm never having children, somebody says, may, you should probably let that out early. Because, like, why, are, you know, you don't want to go, like, eight months, then have that conversation. It's like, oh, I never would have gone on date two with you had I known that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's interesting because it's probably more likely that women didn't feel comfortable saying they didn't want to have kids. Right. As That's probably to true, too. To have it. And just the impl- just that conversation has a lot of implications, like, hey, we're going to be together. You know what I mean? Like, you can't have that conversation too early for most people. I mean, some people are comfortable maybe having it immediately. But, like, you don't want to be like, well, well who cares? Like, I, we weren't talking about having kids. This is day three. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. And also, like, look, if you're – I've had friends who – this is not to say that people will change their mind, but I've had friends who are not that – excited at the prospect of children and then they meet someone that they would be excited to have children with and evolve and men too you know like it's not necessarily the case that somebody has a strict rule date one or somebody might be willing to not have kids for the right person you know or people stick to their guns i'm just saying like things and circumstances can change and develop uh, fertility can change and develop. You know, all of these things can change after the yeah. date one. I also feel like you're dating at 19, and it's interesting because you have an eye towards having kids in the next few years. But most people, I would say, not in. I would most people I know. I'll speak about my own experience. If they dated at 19, they're not having a conversation about having kids. But if they're right. the age that Jess and Nick are, like I'm 31, I have friends in my 30s. Biology is biology. If you want to have kids, you might have a conversation earlier rather mm-hmm. than later in their circumstance. So I didn't think it was deranged for them to have this conversation. I think the way they had it 
had to be deranged for television's sake, but was very sitcom and would never actually play like that. Right. I don't think in, in real life that happens much. So whose idea of the future do you prefer? Jess's living in a lake, a town with history, but not so much history that they're suspicious of, ugh, suspicious of outsiders, or Nick's who wants to be a long-haul trucker and live in Mars Landing, which we find out is the American capital on Mars. I think I know what uh, the Yost man would like. <laughs> he already lives on the moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Yost man. Um, my wife said he, uh, I had a bunch of books come from Amazon today, and he took the basketball one out. He's like, oh, I'm already in the middle of this in my other house with my other family. <laughs> already in the middle of it. So I guess on the moon they have, like, a faster Amazon, and he'd already started the book. <laughs> with my other family. Oh, mm -hmm. my God. Do you think, that, I mean, obviously you think it's funny, but is it, like, getting annoying or? Nah, because I think he does it pretty comedically. I think it's, like, yeah, I don't think he, like, deep down believes it. I think he just, like, uses it to be, like, to his advantage. Like, brush your teeth. No, I brush them at bananas, at, you know, something like that. That's so. fun. All right. Mm -hmm. Young genius. Yeah. Um, all right. If he's doing uh, it when he's, like, eight, it's going to be concerning, you know? <laughs> Chloe G says, would you live on Mars? I wouldn't want to go there. If I could, if I could, um, there's a great scene. I watched uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with my kids. And it sucks, the the Johnny Depp version, but there's a great scene at the end where, like, Mike TV, towards the end of the movie, Mike TV starts freaking out because Willy Wonka invented a teleporting machine, and he only uses it for chocolate, and he's like, this is the most important invention in world history. Like, you're missing the point here, buddy. Uh, before he becomes tiny. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, so if you could teleport to the moon, I would be fine to mars it, it seems like a big schlep i like the status quo like i think one of the scary things about like you see war or you see COVID is like oh it's like now there's no football or like now whatever things are serious <laughs> right? i want to be clear most people don't think oh now there's no football when they see war well and yeah plague. that's true well it was basketball <laughs> it was march i mean march madness did get canceled like we will never get back the 2020 march madness anyway um, or the but, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of lives lost. Oh, yeah, like relatives of mine. Yeah, that's true. But, like, the <laughs> – the, I, I don't – I don't like – like, even, like, Twitter got bought today, right? And forgetting about, like, Elon Musk opinions, like, oh, don't change Twitter. Like, I like – you know, I like Twitter. It's like, uh, it's like the social media platform I like. I don't want uh, – yeah. I don't want it to be messed up. I am on record, perhaps even on this podcast, of saying that, like – even if it was like a mandatory evacuation of Earth, like we have to get everybody into space, like mm -hmm. this is going down, I will go down with the planet. You'll take your chances. Yeah, I, I, it seems like a huge hassle to go to the moon or to go to Mars. Huge hassle. It's, it's like just a year. terrifying. The bathroom situation seems miserable. <laughs> the food situation seems miserable. I don't know. There's something about just peeing into the air and it, and it just like being in the air is funny. Yeah, but the food's terrible. Like, it's not like you're having gourmet meals. You're eating, like, uh, space No, but the, if the alternative is going down in, like, a fiery blaze here, yeah. I'm doing it. Yeah, we had a good run. I did like how Jess is like, I always saw myself going back to Portland, and he's like, Earth? And here's <laughs> the other thing about these conversations. not Portland, Earth, not to uh, make it too serious here. It's just, like, in terms of, like, evolving standards on kids, like, your your standard your your position on whether or not you want to have children is probably less likely to evolve than like your 
idea of where you'd want to live, right? Like, okay, they love each other now, but they've only been dating a, a short while. You're mm-hmm. telling me if that they if they got married and were together and just got a job in wherever, like they'd break up over it? Like, no, they'd probably be flexible and, and make compromises and move. Like, neither of them are from L.A. Neither of them are near their family. So, mm-hmm. like, and neither of them have unre- irreplaceable jobs that aren't transportable. So, it's just, mm-hmm. like... Just, just uh, whole... for those scoring home, Ali said teachers are replaceable, she just said. No, I said their jobs are replaceable and that just could go apply for a job in another place. Got it, got it, got it. I, I, I didn't understand, sorry. It's not like she runs... A comp- she's like the CEO of a company headquartered in wherever, and right. like that's all she could do. Mm-hmm. Um, like her family company or whatever kind of thing. Um, and you you think most families have a company? No, you know you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I have such a headache. This was on I'm, your schedule. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. I'm having fun. I, it shows. So, uh, what do you think about Nick's take as a former educator yourself that and as a parent? That mm-hmm. his kids kids should have to beg for education. Yes, I like I, I think my kids agree. It's funny because when you're, I wonder if COVID changed this for some kids. But it's like I I sort of liked going to school for a lot of K through twelve. Like all your friends are in one place. Like what you're not going to go, and they're all going to hang out without you. You know, like I liked staying home from school one day, but I like on a day to day basis, I didn't dread going to school. My kids would love to not go to school. I, so I, I get that idea, but also, like, having done the – having now everyone in the world having, like, done the not go to school, that's lame, too. So, no, I don't think I, – I don't think it should be left up to kids' devices. I don't agree with that. I mean, it's interesting. Like, I was going to say, after I feel like people were remote – I mean, you were still doing school, the part of school that kids don't like. You were just yeah. missing, like, the lunch and being in the, with your friends and, like, the stuff kids like. But I agree. Like, I never felt like, oh, I want to drop out of school. Um, I could complain about it, but I didn't want to quit. Uh, I thought it was a funny, like, great writing. I thought it was hilarious that that's his, like, principal take. Uh, Again, not to get too serious. I do think that college should not be the default, though, and that, like, I probably should have taken a year off before I went to college. I did take – I took two years off, and I remember thinking then – because I was a late bloomer, which is, I know, very ironic for someone who got married at 20, but in a lot of ways I was, uh, and still am. And I've t- talked about my 20s being my 30s and my 30s being my 20s. Um, I, I, um, I remember thinking at the end of my first year abroad, I'm like, I'm not like really ready for school. I'm still kind of a baby, <laughs> which is one of the reasons why I like, stayed, went abroad for a second year. Yeah. Um, no, I... I that makes sense. You still are. I feel like I crush college now, you know, <laughs> 38. Like I, uh, no, Get him probably in there. the best time was like 32. I think maybe I'm a little too old. Well, what is like crushing college in your mind? You mean like academically, socially? Academically, like what? Academically. Okay. Yeah. Well, I got to live that experience because I went to law school uh, when I was 26, which doesn't sound that late, but is relatively late. I took right. three it, years off. Right. A lot of the people probably were in year, you know, it was year five of college for them. They were. Yeah, younger. straight through, certainly at Michigan. But but I also think the norm now, like when my dad went to law school, it was like everyone went straight through. It was like unheard of to take time off. But now I think the average is like two years. So I was like slightly older than most people, but not in an insane way. And I was so much more, A, appreciative because I had worked 
So like I was paying for it and that's like extremely privileged that my parents helped me with undergrad, but like, you know, I was too immature to appreciate what was happening to me and that sounds terrible and I should probably delete this from the podcast, but I, if I could go back to undergrad, I would have appreciated it, like the academic side of it way more than I did. And I was yeah. just like a dumb 18 year old kid for the I, first yeah, couple of years. That makes sense. Um, cancel me, whatever. My head is killing me. All right. I took two Advil you, at the start of this podcast. You want to run through the end here? Um, all right. So we fought, we already talked about the Reginald Val Johnson. I do love that the, the original stakes of the bet was ass baby and he negotiated him down to Reginald Val Johnson. Yeah. Do you, have you ever made a name a bet like that that you've carried through? Um, I probably have, and luckily the person didn't say like, "Hey, pay up," because I probably had owe people some names. Also, like I've enough kids at this point where, um, like you know, I don't, I'm, don't have a ton of names left. Like, oh yeah, but girl, <laughs> okay. Like, I'll take suggestions from the crowd. Um. All right. I'm not even gonna touch that. So, uh. This fight escalates. Like we get it. Like, th- like they're they're fighting over what sounds stupid, and it's like in a very Sakami way. But we are learning that underlying these bits is like they don't have the same idea of the future. And what's maybe more important is like they don't have the same idea that they should have an idea of the future. Because I think what Nick ends up saying is really profound, which is like you can create a plan for your life. Things get thrown at you. And so I have no plan. Whose side are you on? I think I'm on Jess's side. I don't really agree with Nick's point of view, but I don't think, like, I think that makes sense. Whose side are you on? I mean, I think they're discovering an incompatibility that's not insurmountable, but I would understand why people might consider walking away Mm -hmm. if, like, it's important to her to know that she's on a specific track and he's sort of like, love's enough, we'll figure it out. And, you know, depending on where you are in your life and what you want, that can be, you don't want to just, like, wait and see if Nick, like, grows up and changes his plan, that he doesn't want to just, like, haul, be a long-haul trucker. Yeah. But I, I don't think these are such fundamental differences, like, I don't want to have kids. I think that's more of a reason people would break up, but, or I would never live anywhere but Chicago because I want to be close to I mean, to my I guess mom. which universe or, like, what planet you're living on is a big deal. No, but, like, that, but that's sitcom But, like, the real issue, right, is, like, mm-hmm. if they... Th- that's what I'm saying. It's, like, there's really nothing that Nick could really dig his heels into me that's legitimate that he's talking about here, except for the fact that he doesn't want to make a plan, and I think that doesn't work for Jess. Listen, if you love someone, you'd, you'd be willing to, to move to Portland for them. That's what my mom would say. But I feel like, I don't know, sometimes... So I, I had a coworker once Enough. say to me, like her boyfriend was like not doing well professionally. Like he dropped out of college immediately and she was like had already surpassed him professionally, even though he was a couple years older. And I said, Look, you're gonna like sort of break up and she's like, That boy, like that guy. Remember when everyone called like people boys when we were like twenty one, whatever? <laughs> she's like, I would live in a shoebox, like just to be with him. Like, you know, I love him so much, like I'll it doesn't matter. Like, of course, I'd rather him be like, you know, have a career. But like, ultimately, I'd do anything. She did, of course, break up with him and marry someone more successful. But uh, 
but I thought it was profound at the time. Was that at your insistence? Because I feel like that's advice you've given to me, too. No, she... No, I tried to help the guy. I, like... I, um... I, like, tried to get him into NBC, and he, like, didn't respond to my email. Like, basic stuff. Like, layup stuff, you know? Like, some people don't want to be helped. Yeah, true. Um... All right, so they start, to, like, once they realize they're running right up to the line of breaking up, they laugh it off. They're like, oh, my God, no, 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 we're never going to break up. We don't want to break up, uh, mm -hmm. even though we're detected. And this is very relatable to me. I mean, honestly, in my current situation, it's relatable to me. It's like fundamental issues detected, but I don't want to break up. Uh, so, and I, I think this is, from what I, my experience uh, with with friends and stuff, this is a pretty common experience. And they start putting together this toy. I loved the, like, can you take the meth lab and put it into the pipe bomb? Take the swastika, put it into the guillotine. Like, that, to me, is me putting together furniture. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I don't know how to put together anything, so I sort of can empathize with that. But also, like, I don't know. I'm so not handy. It's not even an option for me to do it. <laughs> well, that's clear. So later, they're they're doing a terrible job putting the toy together. We're getting sort of a Nick fancy, not fancy fix uh, situation on the toy. Um, it's interesting, though, because we've learned at the Indian Singles event that they are an incredible team. They built an indestructible, like, structure out of newspaper. Mm -hmm. They were incredible with the communication, the team bonding stuff. Um, but they cannot get this toy together. And rather than a goof or an inconsistency, I see this as sort of like a very common thing when a relationship has run its course or is reaching like a slump, right? They're, they're getting, it's almost like Nick's like taking, Nick and Jess are both taking each other for granted. They're starting to focus on the things they don't like about each other or want to change about each other. And therefore they're having sort of this like communication breakdown, compatibility breakdown. Uh, but I'm probably just reading too much into this. But that's the job. Yeah, I, I, they're overreacting, these children. <laughs> uh, it's also, like, again, like, to me, what I really saw in the mirror here is he's like, look, I'm never going to be the guy who's putting the toy together two weeks in advance. But in the emotional fluff fluffer episode where Nick was sort of, like, discovering his feelings for Jess and, uh, you know, Jess and Sam were just hooking up and she would date, basically platonically date Nick and then use all of her romantic energy on Sam. Uh, Nick goes to Ikea with her and then puts the dresser together. So again, I just think it's like maybe some things you do at the beginning of the relationship that then you fall into sort of this comfortable pattern and you're not like, they're not doing any maintenance here. It's very rash. It came out of nowhere. I'm upset. <laughs> um... Then, speaking of coming out of nowhere, uh, they light a blanket on fire, and there's a fire in the building. Uh, they continue to fight, and Jess admits that if she was always honest with him, then they would never stop fighting, because she always knows when he's having a bad idea, or something's not gonna work. Is, is that to me, uh, is that to you a red flag in a relationship, or a necessity of surviving a relationship to not you know, sort of nitpick everything your spouse does. I think you, <laughs> I, I think you, at first you do it and then you realize like, where is this getting me? Like you have to pick your battles and then you realize, oh, you can't even pick your battles. <laughs> well, so. but I don't think that's like, oh my God, Akiva's like in a situation where they're not being honest with each other. Like I kind of thought that was like, they made too much of it out of it with, um, too much out of it with Jess here. It's like, 
is it really such a big deal if Nick wants to like run a meat bucket experiment? Like, obviously that's gross, but like, what she's got to stop him from doing yeah, he's that? Done a hundred weirder things, also. Right. <laughs> like, that's who he is, you know. I don't. I don't think that's even picking her battles. It's just like letting someone be their weird self. It's true. It's like NFL Sunday meat battles. <laughs> um, all right, let's check in on the boys, shall we? Let's do it. So. Um, Interesting. Did you recognize the two women uh, who moved in next door? The two hot women who moved in next door? Uh, Daddario, yes. The other one, no. Yeah. One of the Alexandra Daddario. Alexandra Daddario. What's her name? Is she a, yeah. Is she Alexandra a big star yet? I think she's still a who, but. No, I mean, I'm in 2014. Oh, absolutely not. She's do you think not she's a, a them? Do you think she's a them now? No, she's not a them then for sure. And. Probably with, like, men, yes, women, no. I don't know. I mean, people know her. Like, I knew her name. I did not know her by face. But I also didn't watch The White Lotus. I'm looking at her uh, I think she's, IMDb. like, one of the – and I've discussed – like, she's one of the examples. Like, it would be, like, when I was a kid, it was, like, Pamela Anderson. And then there was, like, a short time where it was, like, Megan Fox. Like, she's an example of, like, if you were just going to, like, j- you know, like, name a ver- like a beautiful woman – yeah, like, they're no Alexandra Zara or something like that, but she's not nearly as famous as the other people I mentioned, you know, so. No, that's like sort of in the Megan Fox spot. But le- less famous than Megan Fox. Yeah, but back like way back in the day, I mean, mm-hmm. when Megan Fox was really just famous for being like a very hot woman. Yes, as opposed to the Machine Gun Kelly and stuff. Um, OK, so uh, you think we're seeing these names again? Mm, I mean, how does th- how does how does it end off with them? Um, I'll say no. I say I'll say we do not see the neighbors. I mean, it doesn't resolve, right? Winston just yeah, makes a big resolve, speech, outs but it them, also isn't open ended. So. Wanting to sleep with them and then continues to move their stuff in. Yeah. Um. Okay, so. Uh, what do you think? So Winston and Co- Winston is like, let's just help them move. And that's how we'll get to know them. And coach is like, well, then we'll look like a doormat. Let us handle this. So Lance says, coach said helping women move makes a guy look like a doormat. Do you agree with this? What level of moving help is appropriate if sex is on the table? Well, let's skip that part of it. But <laughs> do you, I, I, I'm going to just answer it. I think Winston's approach is the objectively correct approach. Why? Offer to help in a non-creepy way. Like, yeah, offer to help. if you yeah, want to get to know them. Sh- should you offer to help, though? Like, are you, like, is it what he wants? Is he going to get anything out of it by helping them move? I feel like no. What do you mean what he wants? Literally, Winston would date them seriously. Like, but that's what I'm, will that help him is what I'm saying. Like, will that? Cause yeah, move, getting, to know, annoying. getting to know someone will Right, help I guess them. this is your like, chance at quality time. I, I hear you. I mean, I did that in law school. I saw a girl help move a box, like, who was carrying a large box, and I said, do you want any help with that? Because and you're trying to get I needed pants? to make no I needed to make friends. I didn't know oh, anybody okay. on campus. Ah, like, so it was a friend move. Okay. You're you're struggling with a box in the law school dorm. Can I help you? Did you become friends with her? Yeah. Okay. Um but all right. So Cece's arc, as we talked about, is that Cece drunk texted the 20-year-old. Like, I'm supposed to believe that a 20-year-old has Cece bent out of shape, please. A woman yeah, who could have it. any man she wants yeah. is 
I think in the tripping of the show, she's like a, a D-list model, and like she's not as attractive as like. I mean, it doesn't make any no. Sense. I think in the canon of the show, she's like a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. I like, know, she's but when they guys. when it's like convenient, then they like knock her down a few pegs more professionally than uh, in terms of looks. But you know what I mean. I am not getting this relationship with Buster. I'll no. tell you that. Yeah, Buster's busted. So she sent him an insane amount of drunk texts, which is a relatable like problem to have, but I just like am not buying it over this guy who can't go to a bar. Um I like I liked Schmidt's acting here where he's like texting one of those ye- little yellow man with the faces and then he makes like an emoji face. Uh, that got mm-hmm. a laugh from me. Uh yeah. I don't remember it, but I'll take your word. All right. Well, then later, uh, Winston helps Cece and suggests sending him a video of nursing cats that they later find out is actually a human man. <laughs> this is disgusting. I, yeah, the, uh, I, I like, is this like the third episode in a row that Cece's had like a weird, like, D storyline that's nothing? Yeah, she hasn't had her story really since like the Schmidt energy stuff. They should look at Friends, like a show that balances six six characters. It's like, oh, now we have Coach in the in the mix. Forget about it. We're not doing more than five. Truly, um, I mean, I guess it's hard. I mean, I know like Friends does it. I'd wonder how many. If I'm sure they're Friends podcasts, and I'm not going to listen to them. Yeah, I'd have like, to think. Of, I'd have to really like watch the show. Think about like. It's like Phoebe. Are there got episodes where like David Schwimmer's doing nothing, or like Phoebe's really not doing much, or no? I don't know. Yeah. Um, all right, so back to Schmidt and Coach. I laughed so hard at, well, it's my garden party and Zachary Quinto is not on the list because Max Greenfield looks a lot like Zachary Quinto. Yeah, is that the joke? Uh, they must be. Like, that was probably mm-hmm. improv. Like, he must get confused for him all the time. You could do worse. Isn't, like, Quinto supposedly really hot? Yeah, they're both good-looking guys. They just happen to look very similar. Like, they're always in the, um, like, Ryan Murphy, like, starter pack, like, the four guys who've been in Ryan Murphy projects who all look identical. I forget who the other two are. There are pictures of Quinto where he looks a lot like um, Schmidt, and then there's pictures where he really doesn't. It's funny. Well, yeah, they're not the same person, but... (laughs) They're not the same person. Hold on. Breaking news. Um... But all right, they find out that one of the women has a boyfriend who's in Afghanistan. So the field narrows to three men competing for one woman who just wants to have fun. Um, We get a good line from Coach. I feel you. I feel you. I just want to feel you. It's like gross, but kind of funny. Um, But all right, like there's really nothing more to say about this, right? Like they're just like toxic masculinity breaking, you know, to sabotage each other. They're breaking this woman's stuff. While Winston is, you know, nice juxtaposition with Winston where he was like her study abroad mirror in her dream vase. Like Winston knows like the meaning. He's actually getting to know the women. Coach and Schmidt are just being gross. Yes. Yeah. He, he's, he, you know. Yeah. I, I, I'm just against helping people move. Hmm. <laughs> That's clear. You would be low on my list of people. To no, I'm ask. teasing. I would. I would. But I feel bad about breaking things. especially. I don't know how stuff. useful you'd be if I'm being honest. No, I, I can carry stuff. I'll schlep. I'm not good at, like, building mm. things. But I could be the mm. one just bringing boxes in. Okay. Well, I believe you, I guess. <laughs> Despite my Yosef love. I, I take a lot of – I'll take a break every time, though. You know what I mean? Like, I'll do a box, then, like, I'll need to sit down for two minutes. Then I'll do another heavy box. <laughs> All right, so I'm back to not being so sure you'd be so helpful. 
Um, all right, so Cece makes contact with Buster just to wrap up this story. Why is he showing up at Jess's building? Cece does not live there. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's pretty crazy. It's like a girl you barely knows. Friends apartment? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> all right, so let's end with Nick and Jess here. They are back to saying, like, we don't want to fight all the time. Um, maybe we missed when we were just friends. I love you more than I've ever loved anyone, but maybe that's the only thing we have in common. They break up. Uh, we get another Jess gives finger guns as she goes into her old room, like she mm -hmm. did when Nick said, I love you for the first time. And then very reminiscent of their first kiss when Nick grabbed Jess as she went into the room. Uh, they kiss in the, oh, sorry, they hug in the hallway, mm -hmm. um, which is a very sad moment. I was getting a tear a little going. And uh, IMDb tells us that not only is this a, the same scene, but Nick is wearing the same green shirt, according to IMDb, as he wore in that first scene where they kiss. Oh, wow. I wouldn't remember that. That's why we have IMDb. Are you the type of person who knows, like, hey, the first time I met you, you were wearing this about, like, yes. friends or something? Yes. You can always, because I've had, like, women, it's never, it could be a man, but it's never been a man to me. Say like, oh yeah, yeah, like you were wearing this red shirt the first time I met you. Well, maybe it's because I always wear that red shirt. No, but this is many years ago. Um, I can remember. Yeah. Like, I can remember what I wore on my first group date with my high school boyfriend. I could mm -hmm. w remember it right now. Like, I'll put shirts on and be like, oh, I wore this on a date with a guy uh, two years ago. I can think of that. I could do that with podcasts. Like, if I hear a podcast, I know exactly where it was. Even if a lot of times it's, like, the same thing, which is on a train or something, listen to a podcast. Right. I'll sort of always know, for some reason, where. And maybe a lot of those members are fake. Like, part of my theory is, like, members like that are fake. And you're probably <laughs> wrong about your dresses, too. But No, no. I'm right about them. But. <laughs> I, I mean, I also, like. That, I mean, no, but that was a very real thing. Like, people said people's memories and, like, sense of time were worse in quarantine because you were always in the same place. Yeah, you had nothing, so, like, you had nothing to, to note it, for, absolutely. The only thing I can really – like, I remember when we were talking about, like, a Renat podcast once. I was like, oh, I know that that was before September 2021 because I had moved apartments, and I remember doing the recording in my old apartment. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah. it was just – I moved in quarantine, and that's the only thing I can, like, have as a metric of time. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> All right. So they're done forever. Okay. But alas, Schmidt is living in Jess's room. Yeah, they so are that is a, not just roommates, but roommates. That's a problem that's going to need to be worked out. How do we think that's getting solved? I mean, comedically, I hope. I think that's a pretty funny shtick now. So do you think by next episode it'll be resolved? No, I think I'd like a few episodes of them like sharing the same room. Maybe one of them brings back a, a fella or a woman and it, it, chaos ensues. How will you feel if they get back together as a result of being in the same room? Like I think I it think would be... that will probably happen, but hopefully not for a few episodes at least. What if it was next week's episode? Maybe that's teeing up the season finale. Absurd. Be absurd. Um, all right, let's get to the guide, Keeve. We, mm -hmm. we barely got through this episode. Sorry to everyone who's listening okay. to this. Um, Lance thinks that Winston wins the episode. He has an ulterior motive for helping the neighbors move, but ultimately his helpful nature wins out even after the chance for sex has passed. He's also the only one of the three guys that actually did any real work in helping move, which I think could arguably make him a loser. But I think it has to be Winston because Nick and Jess are obviously not going to win this one. CeCe's not going to win it. 
Uh, so by what basis are you giving it to Schmidt or to, you know, Coach or to Buster or whoever? So, yeah, Winston wins. Uh, see, I think Jess wins this episode. Well, I mean, are you anti-Nick because you just got cracked up with? No, I just think, like, again, I'm just really projecting my own, inserting my own situations into this, my own past. But I think it is really difficult to love someone and know that somebody loves you and still call it because of your own standards and whatever your standards are, be that you know what you want, you know where you want to live, you want to be with somebody who wants to have a long-term plan, who wants to, like, match you in that way. And she could have easily stopped this conversation and said, okay, Nick, love is enough and let's continue on where I sacrifice the things that I want in favor of the Mm -hmm. things that you want. So the fact that she walks away from someone she has determined to be the wrong guy, even though she really wants to be with him and is going to be hurt, I think she wins the episode. Okay. I mean, it's a fair take. I don't agree with it, but it's fair. (laughs) Um, All right. So... I don't think this Nick is still at the top of my boyfriend rankings. I I'm not updating that because they broke up. Cause she broke up with everybody else yeah, on no, the list it's not too. Time to update. Um. All right. I don't think we have a banana min, Keeve. Do we? Uh, there's probably a couple you haven't played, but what are we gonna do? Tough, tough to go through because some of them are voice notes of you talking to me, and I don't want to risk playing those. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, I had one. He did. He did record one this week, but it's not good. Send it to me. Yeah, send it to me. Okay. It's really... While you cue that up, we did get a a five-star review, so thank you to people for listening to our plea. Uh, Oh, so Olivia. And I'm going to read it because we only have one, and it's pretty funny. Each episode might be the last. Any week or month that no new episode comes out, I can't help but think Banana has finally gotten his guns and is engaging Ali, Akiva, and Jay Garns in warfare from the moon. No one, including the hosts themselves, knows why these two keep putting out this amazing and hilarious podcast about Jewish culture and sometimes Fox sitcom New Girl, but I'm grateful and excited whenever a new episode appears in my feed. So thank you, Oso Olivia. Beautiful. Well said. Uh, we, you're right. We don't know why we do this. Um, Akiva, the money, baby. Here we go. Uh, the banana minute. And I, I, I have not heard this, so. Hey, I'm safe. Hey. What kind of movies do you like to watch? Murdering movies. Murdering movies? No, we don't watch murder. We watch nice, friendly movies. No, we watch murdering movies that they stab people on their necks. They stab people on their necks? Uh-huh. Who? Movies, bad guys, robbers. Robbers stab the good guys? And who do you root for, the good guys or the bad guys? Attitudes of your kids, from what I've been able to assess, it really alternates in a funny way. Mm-hmm. And I did mention this on another podcast, but I think just because Yosef is like a major character here, I have to say, uh, he was like arguing with someone that he's allowed to watch big kid movies because Spider-Man's PG-13 and he's obsessed with Spider-Man. Uh, he said, I'm allowed to watch PG-101. <laughs> That's adorable. But right, is, is it fair? I feel like... As a member of the audience, because I only know about your kids from what's been like discussed here and on other podcasts, like mm-hmm. it seems like Adira and Yosef are 
your sassy ones. Yeah, yeah, they're the same. They're the same. One and three and two and four. Are the right, same. right. That's like uh, my pledge family's like that, but mm, there's no genetic link. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that's pretty funny. I wonder if that's, it's like nature versus nurture there. Is it nature or is it just like when you're the sibling of a sassy person, you be, you're less sassy? Or like when you're the sibling of a more mild person, you feel more space it's, to be sassy? It's a good question. I mean, I don't know the answer, but it's a good question. Well, let's see what happens in, in the future, if, if the pattern holds, if there's any opportunity for that right. to be looked at. Yeah, but th- that sounds too scary, the murdering movies. Oh, is Yosef upset? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to the Garnsman, and then we'll get the hell out of here. I know, we're going to skip it for this week. Oh, perfect. Okay. Um, next week... Uh, or maybe we might t- skip a week because Kiwi's going to be in NYC. I said, let's record in person. You said no. Um, I mean, I think I said there's so many more important things we could do than. Yeah, no, it's true. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Also, you know, we neither of us know, understand the technology required. We're not sharing one uh, mic and two harder. earbuds. Yeah, it's much harder to record in person. Brian and I have never once recorded in person. We've been doing this as, seven years. I'm not yeah, starting as now. Chester, as Chester can uh, attest, it's always tricky. Actually, God, almost eight years in June will be eight years since I've we're been podcasting. We're all very old. I just started young, like you, with your five kids. You started young, so did I with podcasting. Mm-hmm. All right, Keeve, next week or in two weeks. Um, Season three, episode 21, big news. And I think if you think about it, I think if you think about it, you can maybe get it. Jess is pregnant. Ice cold take. Let's see what happens next week. Uh, Two weeks, whatever. See you then. Bye. See ya. Ali and Akiva Gonna talk a TV show And maybe Jenny Garner So don't go any farther now Akiva and Ali All the way to the finale His face is his job She's the captain of NGOG